When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Go to David Bowie Wall. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thank you so much as always for making your way here and checking out the series and the episode uh, Please hit the subscribe button before you get out of here So you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week That's a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three a week To keep you up to date on your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world You can do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, AK Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Billy Idol. We're going to be catching back up to uh, talk about his newest EP. It's called the Roadside EP. Uh, the legendary rocker tells us about the eclectic natures of the songs, uh, writing about his 1990 motorcycle accident and the song Bitter Taste, and updates that he's already well into the process of finishing his next EP. Now, Idol also takes us back to his 1993 concept album, Cyberpunk, how it predicted much of the uh, oncoming technology that would uh, be happening over the next five to 20 years and the bedroom recor- recording process that's, uh, that's you know, kind of the norm today and the original plans for it to have been the soundtrack to a Lawnmower Man sequel. He also uh, talks about putting the new release out on uh, Danny Harrison's record label, uh, putting him alongside Joe Strummer, Ravi Shankar, and George Harrison as the only other names on the roster. It's fun stuff. Let's talk about the Roadside EP. It's Kyle Meredith with Billy Idol. Hi there. <laughs> it's great to see you, man. You got a, a new EP, the Roadside EP. That is one uh, it sort of came as a surprise to me, and I say that even as a fan who follows you, but, but two, musically, there is so much going on here. So I, I want to take the low-hanging fruit and just ask the obvious question. What brought this one on? Well, uh, yes, we're just really trying to uh, be a bit more timely with sort of putting out some music because uh, <laughs> it was kind of 10 years between albums. This is seven years since the last, since Kings and Queens of the Underground. So that's too long as well. So, But we started to think, let's, if we, what about if we just put out you know, smaller increments of music, maybe we can move things along. 
and also yeah it's kind of like uh, at this stage it's kind of like a not so bad a thing to kind of just do one or just do four tracks and do th- we're thinking of doing three EPs and put you know the uh, four tracks each and then we can put them together on, on an album eventually but I thought this way yeah we'll get some stuff out and um so we actually started to uh, write all this this EP kind of with like May June 2020 was right at the sort of beginning. The pandemic was just uh, really getting going, and uh, of course we all didn't really know where it was going. But we all uh, we were all hoping it might be over soon. But then we soon found out it wasn't. But uh, there we were in kind of quarantine. We just thought, um, well, you got to kind of quarantine at that time, especially there was kind of lockdowns and everything, and uh, just seemed like, well, if we're gonna have to do that, why don't we? quarantine together and make some music at the same time and uh, kind of uh, yeah give us you know give us something to combat the kind of uncertainty confusion etc of the pandemic that was going on and uh, and it gave us something positive to look forward to something exciting we could do and yeah also at the same time we were planning on doing it anyway that was the other thing we were actually doing it naturally we'd planned that uh, in May and June of that year, we were going to do some new songs, so write some new songs or produce them, and that's that's exactly what we did. So, funnily enough, it was it was kind of timely uh, what happened because we were gonna we were gonna go to ground anyway and make some new music, and uh, and yeah, just counterbalanced what was going on in the outside world. Well, first off, the exciting news there that uh, there's even more beyond this, you know, so you, have you already recorded a lot of those songs or is it just like you were just concentrating on the first batch as like step one? Yeah, we would just basically concentrate on the first batch. But of course, we did a little bit more than just the four songs you're listening to. And so we're already on our way to the second one, although we've got a, a song to write and uh, a song to produce. We've, we've got so we're on our way, though. So hopefully that might come out uh, just before we go to Europe next summer, 2022, um, Europe and the UK, hopefully that it'll be out. And then that would give us a really big range of songs to play. Um, especially by that time, hopefully, yeah, I know the, uh, the, hopefully things will open up a bit more next year and we'll be a little bit more confident about what's going on. We just did some gigs in the States, uh, which were outside mainly. They were kind of outside state fairs. A lot of them were state fairs. So we're trying to do things. And so far, nobody's got the coronavirus in the crew or anything. So we're able, we're able to do it. But uh, everything this year is very sporadic. Um, it, it's not intensive. Hopefully next year we can get a bit more. Uh, we can play a lot more next year, hopefully. That's what we're hoping that things will improve. And uh, even though I know we've got these variants coming along, let's hope. Let's hope uh, then they aren't as devastating as as they might be. Well, I mean, congratulations on uh, you know getting to to the point you have been. I know it's always tricky for every camp right now. So if you're able to pull it off, I mean, that's that's everything. And then and then with this EP, with the roadside EP, then so uh, again, everything on here is so musically diverse. Uh, I I would ask if you found that um, there was any specific that tied these songs together. Then not really. There's no central theme or anything. Um... But that's what we've always done, really, has gone over a little bit all over the map, you know. Uh, it's just uh, part of what I've, I, I suppose the music I listened to when I was growing up was very eclectic, you know. Uh, just It just was, you know, the British radio is like that, you know. Um, they're, they're back in the 60s, there wasn't really 
album radio yet you know so it was a lot of the it was a lot of single radio singles and, and stuff like that but you know on british radio you'd hear Jimi hendrix next to the supremes you know and uh, just you know someone uh, wilson pickett next to i don't know bubblegum music you know you'd hear everything so we were kind of hearing and seeing everything and uh, and people were just very excited about the music coming out of america and everything so uh so yeah, I've always listened to a lot of eclectic music. And even when I think about people, bands like the Velvet Underground that I got into, I mean, even they didn't play one type of music. They did quite radically different kind of albums. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, White Light, White Heat has, has got quite radically different songs. You've got almost like a 50s White Light, White Heat song, and then you've got the crazy Sister Ray, but then you've got the, the beautiful, here she, here she comes now, you know, and, um, so really, a lot of the records, uh, and then when we started out in Generation X in the mid-70s, the punk rock group I was in, we, even that group, it, even though we were very influenced by the Ramones and what was going on in, in the States, even that album doesn't, there's a few, most of the songs are kind of short, snappy, and to the point, but there's even a seven-minute whiz-bang, disbuster, uh, <laughs> youth, 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 and there's a four-and-a-half-minute kind of a Kiss Me Deadly, and that, that was a four-and-a-half-minute song in punk rock was like, man, that's an epic. You know? <laughs> so uh, so we've always sort of done that, and, and that's kind of what I've always done with Billy Idol, too. I've always gone, uh, Steve Stevens gives me that ability, too, because he's so good. Anything I want to do, I know he can nail it. So uh, even on this EP, that's what we were kind of doing, going a little bit all over the map and looking for looking for some things we hadn't quite done before and a couple of things that weren't so different, you know, that, that were very Billy Idol, you know, kind of fun. So uh, a couple of the songs a little bit more serious and they're all kind of fun, really, but a couple of the songs a little bit more serious and, and there's two of the songs are a little bit more fun, you know, just... Yeah, I, bitter taste. Of course, you know it's uh, it's the first single on here, and you know we we've been spending that in heavy at WFPK, and it's 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 interesting how many people you know, give me that call. It's like, man, this is different. This is really interesting, and everybody loves the song. By the way, I've not heard one person say otherwise. Like, this is such it musically. You know, you so you've called the EP the roadside. Uh, I know bitter taste has a bit to do as you're looking back on a motorcycle accident that you had 30 some odd years ago, but musically it does conjure the road. And it's one of those things like, what was the chicken or the egg here? Is it one of those, you know, where it just <laughs> imitated itself naturally? Well, I was just looking for something, you know, the, we're, like I say, we were writing during the pandemic. So, I, you know, I knew what was going on to people and I knew it was affecting people radically differently. But, you know, when you write songs, it's not always so easy. When something's just happened, it's not always so easy to put your finger on it. You know, almost I like to let things kind of marinate inside me, take it in, marinate, and then it comes out naturally and uh, comes out really a lot better when it's kind of a, a natural thing. So, but I was just trying to think, well, what could I write about? What was a time for me in my life where, you know, I had to overcome something that was going to be life-changing, that was going to change my life in the future. I had to take stock of things, you know, reorganize things, rethink, you know, rethink about what I wanted my life to be like. Well, I thought about my motorcycle accident, you know, I thought, well, maybe if I write about something like that, it would resonate to people. And it, but although it's not directly about the pandemic and I think that's what's going on. I think that's what it worked, you know, it's working. And, uh, but it also gave them something very personal, very personal to me. And, um, 
yeah, I've, I've always been really glad I'm a million miles away from that accident and that I was able to recover, you know, because at the time it happened, it, it, I wasn't sure if I could, was going to keep my leg because I'd broken my leg very badly. And uh, anyway, that's what I hoped with the, uh, with the song, that it would, it would resonate to people during this pandemic, but not be directly about it. I hope you don't mind me jumping back and forth on the timeline here because that motorcycle accident, as I read it anyway, and, and, and we know how history can sometimes be written, but it sort of was end up being responsible for the album that you put out in 93 called Cyberpunk, an album I always thought got a really bad rap. And it's one of my favorite things, honestly, that you've done. I'm such a big fan of that record right there. Uh, and and, and it, was that true? I mean, was it like as the story I remember hearing anyway was because you were in the hospital, that's where you started reading so, and, and seeing cyberpunk material. Yeah, Legs McNeil came and interviewed me for Charmed Life, the album I, I, we'd finished and uh, we're going to put out. And then he was looking at my leg and I had this kind of this device on it, you know, <laughs> looked a bit cyber. <laughs> so he said, oh, so you're a cyberpunk. And it just started making me think. And um, I was, you know, yeah, I'm always looking for the, where am I going to go next? And uh, it was, and then I started to meet people like um, Brett Leonard, the uh, director who was very sort of, he'd already done, um, he'd done a movie with Denzel Washington that was a cyber, cyberpunk movie and uh, Virtuosity it was called. And he was, he'd done The Lawnmower Man. So I was starting to meet people like that. And uh, so you could sort of see, and also I, I was starting to hear about the uh, Pro Tools. It was the beginning of Pro Tools and the kind of the computer being a recording instrument. That's all very interesting. And I just, yeah, so I actually thought this could be an exciting thing and a way to learn about it. But I didn't think I'd be a cyberpunk. I was thinking more about the, the future kids, you know, the future people. And um, and yeah, it was just a lot of fun to go down this road. We were initially going to do uh, the kind of soundtrack to Lawnmower 2, but it just didn't come off uh, in the end. They, I don't know, the movie company didn't want to make Brett Leonard's uh, idea, which is a great idea he had, Mindfire it was called. Hey, they didn't want to make that into a franchise. It's a shame, but we would have, that's kind of what cyberpunk was starting out as a kind of a, a soundtrack to this movie that never ha that never happened. So, uh, so then it, 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 yeah, it did kind of, uh, it took a little bit of the focus away from it, but it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I was able to sort of talk about things that hadn't really even gone there before, you know, even, you know, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, subjects, even, you know, Shangri-La and stuff uh, about the effects of of, uh, of uh, meditation and uh, trying to reach a higher plane of existence and even stuff like that. I don't think <laughs> it was a lot of fun for me to think about lyrics. It took me into a whole other place to write songs about, because, you know, how many songs can you write about just being in a hotel room out of your mind or something? <laughs> <laughs> it, it gave me a lot to think about. And also it was coming to terms with this new technology, this new world, which is what we're living in now. And uh, I think I was one of the first first uh, artists to actually have my internet address on the album cover. Yeah, I, I read that. <laughs> so silly things like that were fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. And, and the home recording, I mean, the home, the whole thing of it. I mean, talking about, you know, the, the first artist. And I know, you know, to have predicted so much. And I know you were taking some of this information and just sort of being, you know, the megaphone for it, but but you chose the right information to to uh, address there because it, it, the way so many artists are bedroom artists these days, uh, you know, and 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 just the futurism that kind of came out of that. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting gem uh, as an art piece to go back musically. I, I think it's absolutely incredible. 
And um, yeah, there's not a lot of reason for me to go into it other than I'm just a big fan of that record as well. Right now. Fantastic. It's great to hear because, yeah, it was uh, was a little bit of a, you know, a step away from what I'd done with in the 80s or with Keith Falsey. I mean, I was also trying to kind of put, I was listening to a lot of rave music, so I was kind of putting rave with Billy Idol, which <laughs> I don't know if that's meant to go together, really rock and roll and rave, but I was kind of putting those things together and that kind of idea of the kind of the modern primitives and, and people being, you know, part of a tribe and, and stuff like that. It was all kind of thoughts that were going on in the early 90s, of, even about uh, the magic mushrooms being possibly the reason that mankind imagination helped him propel evolution and stuff. There was a lot of thoughts, all these, and it was kind of fun thinking about all those things and, and writing lyrics about them. But at the same time, there was songs about, say, the LA riots as well. And uh, so it was kind of uh, topical as well. I think, uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing the record. It was great. Yeah. And, and to be, I mean, you're aware of, of the image of Billy Idol, and I'll kind of parallel that back to with the Roadside EP. There, there's a moment on here I wrote down, um, you say, uh, baby, put your clothes back on. And I thought, that's not something you'd think the old Billy Idol would have said right there. And I know growth and, and maturity is everything too, but but knowing that you're full well aware of the image of Billy Idol, um, do you like messing with that a bit? Yeah, of course. It's, yeah. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Most of the, yeah, the old songs would have been baby too. I'm going to rip them off. <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of thinking, well, you know, you know, you have a friend and everything and, uh, but you, you know, you kind of love them, but, uh, but do you want to destroy that friendship by turning it sexual necessarily? And sometimes you, you know, in the old days, you try something like that and it goes hideously wrong, you know, or, 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 or you end up going down a road where you end up not friends anymore and stuff. So, it, but also, yeah, it was like, <laughs> how can I write the, the almost the alternative, but the song you're not expecting, you know, <laughs> it's a baby, put your clothes back on. It was, and then it was the kind of fun side of the of the EP where it wasn't quite so serious as Bitter Taste or Rita Hayworth. Or well, Rita Hayworth's a fun song, but it's got a kind of a serious side to it. No, that's a very fun song too. And and, and the only one we haven't mentioned on here, uh, you don't have to kiss me. I mean, and and I think that's the one. You know, that's the one. It's like if you're looking for the '80s version of what you did, you kind of get a little bit of that in there as well. Yeah, that's right. It's, it really is a bit more of a throwback to what we did before, and uh, yeah, even. You don't have to kiss me like that, but if you do, it's all right. It's, kind of <laughs> it's, it's a fun, it's just trying to have fun. And yeah, we were kind of thinking, yeah, when people listen to this, we didn't know if the pandemic was still going to be going on, but I'm glad there is humor and stuff on the, on the EP. It just helps to lighten everybody's, you know, load at the moment. Right. And you're putting <laughs> this out on Danny Harrison's label too. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Um, I kind of met uh, Danny through uh, Shepherd Fairy and stuff, but of course I'm a massive Beatle fan anyway. So, uh, and of course I bought Dark Horse records before I bought, you know, All Things Must Pass. And <laughs> so uh, it's just incredible. And then it's just fantastic to have be on a label where the, you know, it's a, mu a musician who's, who's running it, you know, and it's, it's someone inside that you know, really cares about putting out great music. And yeah, there's only about four, there's only other three other artists on the label at the moment, Joe Strum being one of them. And so it's kind of fantastic being on this, this label with Ravi Shankar, George Harrison and Joe Strummer is kind of, and, and little old me, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I mean, you say little old me. That's I think your your name definitely belongs up there with everybody's. So you know, for what that's worth, congratulations on the roadside EP and everything that's going on. I mean, I know there are anniversaries happening. I saw the 40th anniversary of the Don't Stop EP, so it's been a hell of a ride as a fan watching you through all this. So Billy, thank you so much, and uh, and again, congratulations. Well, thank you, everybody. Cheers. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, and hopefully we'll see you around sooner than later. All right, fantastic. Thank you. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. That was a few years ago, back in 2018, the last time Billy Idol and I uh, got to talk. And that time was about uh, a remix LP called Vital Idol Revitalized. Uh, we got to discuss the uh, the remix culture of the 80s and growing up with dance music in the 60s. And also his plans for a new music at that time and his uh, Las Vegas residency. Well, So I'll include that here too. Part two of Kyle Meredith with Billy Idol. Hi there. And I'll mention, uh, you're actually going to be here in Louisville at Louder Than Life, so I'm excited to see this, uh, this, uh, this latest show. That's right, uh, that's right, September 29th in Louisville. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. So, and you've got this new record, I guess we'll call it a new record, um, Vital Idol Revitalized. And, and what we're talking about here is a remix record remixed again, right? Well, that's right. Um, in the 80s, I, um, I'd done a number of remixes myself, uh, Love Calling, um, White Wedding, a number of remixes remixes I'd done uh, and also we got uh, Gary Langham of Art of Noise to do one for Flesh for Fantasy and to be a lover so we had uh, had about 10 tracks 10 remixes so I put them all onto one album called it Vital Idol and put it out in the 80s we actually put it out with a a live version of Moni Moni and it it got into the top 20 of of the regular chart so it's really exciting and a lot of fun and I really enjoy I love remix because I grew up sort of with dub reggae and one of the first things Generation X did was we our second single, Wild Youth, we the B side. We uh, we took the A side and we remixed it, fucked around with it, and uh, put it on the B side and called it Wild Dub. And so we were super into remix, and I carried that on to Billy Idol. And uh, I just thought, uh, with the way the remix world has come along in the last 25, 30 years, really, I just wondered what you know, what some classic remixes and some super of the moment remixes would do with my songs today. And that's it. I've really Really enjoyed the process, and we put out. We're going to put out this Vital Idol revitalized on September the 28th, and it's got a number of my hits re- reimagined, really, by some really killer DJs, remixers. For instance, right now we've got uh, Dancing with Myself is out on Spotify by RAC and Trop Killer's remix of Eyes Without Face, which I think is super killer. I love it. They totally reimagined the song. That's out too. So we're, we're gradually putting out stuff, and I'm just very excited. This is my favorite record at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting because 
a lot of times, you know, when artists put out a remix record, it can kind of sort of feel like a throwaway, like, oh, I can hear it once and be done with it. And I don't have that reaction with this one. Like, I've been able to put this one on and just enjoy the hell out of songs that I've heard a million times, but suddenly it, it actually is in a different light. Like, I, I'm getting that sensation. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, uh, we, we've got some really classic people. Like Moby came in, and he, he liked the Love Calling remix. I did not back in the day. I, I'm ran into him at a party and uh, he, he chose to do Do Not Stand in the Shadows and I ran into Bono at a party from U2, Bono and uh, he told me about some Francis Hotel so I got them to do a Flesh for Fantasy which is incredible. Then there's some people from the local in Silver Lake DJ Dodger Stadium did one of To Be a Lover which is which I really love as well and there's a Hot in the City one oh, yeah. uh, which I really love too. I mean uh, and a Shiba San Don't Need a Gun a French producer uh, who did don't need a gun which is a super dance version and uh, also for Oakenfold did a version of One Breath Away which was a new track on um, on my last album Kings and Queens of the Underground plus me and Steve we never had a Moni Moni remix and uh, so me and Steve Stevens did one the Get Laid Get Frigged remix uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you've got us joining in too I just think it's an exciting for me it's an exciting record it, it's they a lot of the songs have been reimagined they're not just unlike what we did back in the 80s where we just took the original track and more or less just remixed it they've done things like you know replay behind the song and change the chords and give the song sometime a whole new kind of veneer and a great one too so I've really been enjoying it and, and, and one of the you didn't mention there too a uh, crystal Meth had taken on Rebel Yell, which, you know, we're talking one of the great iconic songs here that suddenly does have this new face to it. And, and that's sort of like, it, it does paint a different picture. That's what you're sort of saying here. Like, it, it allows these songs to be completely painted different, right? Well, I think, yeah, it sort of re, yeah, reimagines them in, in some ways. And so it, in some ways, they, it refreshes them so much. I mean, uh, that I'm, I'm enjoying them and I've been singing these songs for 40 to, you know, 30 to 40 yeah. years, some of them, you know, so so um, it's pretty exciting for me to see that, you know, the recordings themselves were very good. Keith Forsey, my, my producer, made sure that our recordings were, were really good. They weren't, he, he looked beyond the 80s and saw into the future a little bit and made sure the sounds were good. And I think these uh, people like Crystal Method and that have had a lot of fun, I think, with the songs because they do sound good and they still stand up and that means their remixes sonically are right you know sound good today and they they've been able to take them and mess about with them and and it looks like they've had a lot of fun doing it as far as i can see the rac told me they're hand drop killers from brazil i think drop killers are from so i love that the fact there's people from all over the world remixing this record it's fantastic yeah now do you ever find yourself wanting to try out remixes live as you said you know singing these songs for 30 and 40 years it would give that opportunity kind of shake it up well yeah in particular i'd love to try the eyes without a Face Drop Killers remix, or the or the To Be a Lover or Hot in the City remixes that are on here. I'd love to try the uh, the vibe they've put on them because they've almost put a bit more of a Caribbean or a, a reggae thing, even although not too reggae, if you know what I mean. They just use some touches of it in the songs, and uh, that's really exciting to me because I, I love lots of music I, apart from just punk or uh, rock and roll music. I, I love a lot of different types of music, and so it's fun to hear all these elements being brought into this record. A lot of your songs, they've always had a danceable bend to them. And, 
you know, and, and probably more than you get credit for. Where does that come from? Was that just uh, like early soul stuff, or, or what were you into that kind of brought that dance music into what a lot of your contemporaries just went for straight ahead punk? Well, um, you know, I grew up in the 60s when there was a lot of dance music. Um, really, uh, pop music was used to rock and roll music. Uh, pop music was used to dance to the Tamil and Motown stuff and uh, the Stax music. Uh, it's all incredible music, rhythm, R&B driven, and rock and roll started out as R&B music. So we were never that far away. And uh, when when uh, when I started my solo career, I very much reached back into some of those places, not just rock influences, but back into, I mean, I grew up with the Beatles singing Please Mr. Postman and things like that, as well as hearing the originals on the radio. And so, you know, I kind of grew up with, uh, yeah, with R&B music as much as I did with rock and roll. And, and there, there you have dance music was very much a part of it. And because people used to dance to, for instance, Moni Moni, where did I really hear that best? It was in the middle of a dance floor in 1969. I, I was standing in the middle of a dance floor instead of being a wallflower. And Moni Moni came on, and then uh, that that tape loop drum beat it had just had me. And uh, so right from the start, I've always loved you know music that you can dance to as much as rock and roll music you you listened or had sex to. I don't know, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's like um, these days genre has really slipped away as much. Like you know, like 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 before the current generation, you sort of had to identify with one style. And I thought when you came out with this, when the with the original remix record in in 85 john lyden was doing a little bit of that with pill maybe pete shelley was doing something as well but it still seems like what i don't know did you have to deal with any kind of pushback from some fans like wait a second you can't put these two things together well funnily enough i don't remember that i mean people really super embraced it i mean there, there was an element there were some people you know there were some purist diehard punk people maybe who would have felt like uh, you know um, you're abandoning pure punk but uh, I really felt uh, that I was especially uh, uh, with my solo career I felt I had the right to enlarge what I was doing and uh, I felt very much I was I was using I was using all the influences truthfully and honestly and um, and I, I yeah I wanted to broaden my music so I could bring in dance music so I could bring in the remix because I was growing up very much and during punk listening to reggae dub music where they you know they took a track and just completely devolved it and you know changed it completely uh, and gave you this kind of sonic sonic love fest you know music fest and uh, I just loved all of that and I just wanted that in my own music and we'd done that even with Generation X so I, I felt it was part of our you know part of our MO so to speak right from day one so if there was any pushback I wasn't too worried about it because I you know as I say I felt it was part of my history. One other uh, remixer I thought I'd bring up on here too because I, I, your son remixed was part of this was he? Well that's what's great too it's 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 really fantastic to uh, he did the Save Me Now our Lost Dog remix um, with with a couple of pals of his, and that that's what's really fun for me too. The fact that my son is is involved, he's very much part of this modern world where remix and music and it all is the, it all goes together. And uh, it was fantastic that I'm uh, yeah that he was able to put a track onto this album too. I mean that just I don't know you know it's like the cherry on top of the cake for for a dad. You know? Right, right. <laughs> this is what I am. You know, he's calls me pops. I'm pops, and 
I embrace it. You know, <laughs> it, it is cool though. I mean, the lineup of of artists that you have working on these is is sort of mind blowing. Every name is a great name. Do you, do you still keep up with dance music at all, or or music that you can dance to in this way? I suppose pop music, I guess. Um, I, I do listen. I, I've been listening to Post Malone and uh, yeah, of course uh, Kendrick Lamar. Of course, uh, just fantastic. So I do check out what's going on and. Um, and of course, in some ways, I see what they're doing is very much, you know, they've taken a lot of what was going on in the 80s, what we were doing in the 80s, and have, and have taken it into the 21st century. And, and I think that's great, because I think that's what we were doing. We were, you know, back in the 80s, well, 70s and 80s, we were looking for ways to move music along, you know, to help music refresh itself and be vibrant and carry on exciting. And of course, you could stay with the old tricks or just stay with a band playing you know, naturally, you know, as the Rolling Stones do or, or, or whatever. But how are we going to go one more than them? You know, how are we going to go one more than the Beatles or, or, or Led Zeppelin or whoever? You know, how are we going to take music forward? And I think for us, joining the musics together, sort of mixing them together, mixing the styles, mi- mixing, the, mixing rock and roll with dance music, with R&B, with reggae, with jazz, putting it all together. I, and I feel you know, that music carried on doing that, especially, uh, you know, uh, as the 2000s began, when you had artists like Justin Timberlake and people like that uh, very much doing dance music, R&B, and remix music. And uh, there was a lot of other artists, too. Of course, you got all the rap music, Kanye and Jay-Z and everybody, and uh, Pharrell, uh, you know, and of course Snoop Dogg and uh, Dr. Dre. I love Dr. Dre and all those, all that music, and uh, I love the way music's gone. I I think it's exciting, you know, and uh, you know, we've got the old rock and roll, if you ever want to go back to it, but it's it's fantastic. The music's moved along, and I I loved being part of that. Yeah, you can obviously tell that. I mean, uh, even as most recently as the King of Queens record, you know, 2014, uh, you know, just seeing that passion, you can still hear it in there. Uh, and I think that's what makes it so fun to still be a fan, a Billy Idol fan these days. Great. <laughs> hope so, because, uh, yeah, that's all we were trying to do with punk or, or in the 80s. Yeah, we're just trying to find a way to go forward and keep people excited and feeling music had, was relevant, had something to say. And, uh, yeah, you could, and you, could, you could get off on it. <laughs> <laughs> are, you th- are you thinking about new music yet? Is it that time to roll around again? Well, yes, we are. And, uh, of course, uh, I've got a feeling that this record itself will, will, will influence what we're doing next because I, I've always loved combining the kind of what we do, rock and roll music, with electronic music, with, with, with techno, really. I've always loved dance, EDM or whatever. I've loved putting those two things together. And in some ways, a lot of, uh, some of Kings and Queens of the Underground had that. Um, and uh, I'd like to continue that on very much, you know, that, that mixture of technology and rock and roll. I, I love that. You know? Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear from that. I know we have a separate phone day to talk about uh, another moment in time where you did that with Cyberpunk, which I'm looking very forward to as well. But, uh, yeah, it's always what I love hearing from you, this stuff, this, this, these types right here. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, great. I mean, uh, we've been out here playing. Um, we played uh, earlier in the in the summer at, um, in the States, and then we did seven weeks in Europe. Now we're back here in the States. We've played some great festivals, Kaboo, Rockville, uh, Bottle Rock, and we'll be playing 
the Cow Jam on October the 5th with the Foo Fighters and Iggy Pop. So we're, it's a, very exciting being out here and yeah, we're having a great time and we've got it's a great tour and this, this is very exciting having this release come out too, yeah. revitalized. And I, I saw you also just announced another Vegas residency too, so that sounds like it's going to be more fun. That's right. Maybe, maybe in that uh, we'll get a chance to try out uh, Eyes Without a Face, Trotkiller's remix version, you know, uh, uh, something like that. That's where we may try things like that um, at that Palms, you know. It would be a great place to uh, play classic music with, with a twist, though, you know. Yeah, well, I look forward to it. Uh, Billy, it was so great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. All right, we'll see you around. Take care. Bye-bye. And again, my thanks, Billy Idol. The new release is called The Roadside. Big thanks to you as well for uh, checking out the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, three new interviews every single week at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Yeah, I think an REM one too. I can see. <laughs> Fantastic. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.